0: He is risen. Hey, uh, our overflow people have got to help us out with with that. Okay? He is risen. There you go, a little bit better. Do you realize that we are gathering today to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the savior king. But you can be assured it is also his his life, his death, his burial And it's resurrection that we celebrate every single day, not just today. The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, without the resurrection, the preaching would be in vain. It would be absolutely worthless because Jesus rose from the dead. We are able to, as it says in Romans, walk in the newness of life. What a privilege it is to be here this evening. I welcome every single one of you. Uh, My name is Pastor Tim, and I'm going to begin reading a couple uh, verses from the Gospel of Matthew and in Chapter 1. I think it's a story you're a little bit familiar with. Listen very carefully to the Word of God. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child... She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we come this evening into your presence. We are so thrilled and amazed at your grace and your love and your mercy. God, I would ask that you would work in our hearts, you would quicken us to hear and to see you and you alone. We ask that you be glorified. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. It's the very first chapter of the very first... uh, book in the New Testament. I love Matthew's account here. And he uses this phrase, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. Now to tell you the truth, it starts actually kind of shocking. I have a good Irish friend, Nathan, he would say it's a wee bit scandalous. It begins with this idea that there's a young carpenter, his name is Joseph, and he is set to be married to this beautiful young woman, Mary, and she gets Pregnant, and it is not his baby. Joseph apparently is is nervous, but he has a plan. Typical guy always has a plan. He doesn't want to embarrass her, so he thinks about drawing up the divorce papers and just simply go their separate ways. But as he considered these things or pondered these things, it says that, He fell asleep. Typical guy. Now as he sleeps, he has a dream and an angel announces, you're going to be a daddy. Don't be afraid to marry Mary. Don't forget it's all perfectly planned. And then there's this verse in verse 21. You will have a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Joseph awoke from his dream. It says that he did exactly as the angel commanded. He married Mary, and the baby was born. And we get that. We know the story. There's angels and shepherds, and a baby, and a manger, and and stable, and cows, and and sheep, and, and, and Rudolph with his nose so bright. No, 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 no. Do not confuse. You cannot ever compare anything to do with a, a fat guy in a red suit with the King of Kings and Lord of all glory. You say, but wait wait a minute, but how how does this story connect with me tonight, Christmas Eve, twenty fifteen? The purpose, the, the reason for the baby, the Saviour King, is explained in that verse, verse twenty one. He will save His people from their sins. Really? Really? Christmas Eve, the stockings are hung by the chimney with care, with hopes that St. Nicholas will soon be there. And and you're talking about sins? Falling short? A moral miss of the mark? A separation? from the Holy? Well, why can't we just focus on the holly and the jolly Santa? He is so rosy and fluffy and jolly and warm and approaching and inviting It's naughty or nice. It's very easy. No, 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 no. Do not confuse. You cannot ever compare Santa or St. Nicholas of Myra with the King of Kings and the Lord of all glory. But Jesus as, as a baby is is so sad. A manger? No no room. Poor. Left out in the cold. And and Jesus as a savior is even more sad. A cross No mercy, nails, blood, payment, penalties, sins. Why? Why? Hear me. Hear me this evening. Man's greatest problem can only be solved by God's greatest gift. Man's greatest problem can only be solved by God's greatest gift. I was, I was born in 1968. It is known, arguably, believe it or not, as one of the worst years in modern American history. We were engaged in the Vietnam War. It was going absolutely horrible in everyone. In one year, we lost 16,592 soldiers and Marines killed in action. In April of that year, Martin Luther King was assassinated. In June of that year, Robert Francis Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. That year there was war and civil unrest and racial tensions and marches and there were riots. As a child, as a little one, I I grew up and I was completely oblivious to all of that. I played with my Lionel trains. We, we used to set it up around the bottom of the tree. And I built crooked little cabins with my Lincoln log sets. And I rode my big wheel and I, I watched The Lone Ranger. It was like a perfect life. In 1976, I was introduced to Rocky Balboa for the first time. In 1977, I heard of a little movie called Star Wars. In 1978, I got my first pair of Nikes. Ten years later in 1988, I used my first computer. Wow! Wow! How life has changed everything. Everything moves faster, it's brighter, it's clearer with computers and technology. I graduated, I got married, I had kids. I remember popping popcorn and setting my kids down in front of the television. I was going to introduce them for the first time to the Lone Ranger. The kids almost instantly said, Dad, 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 come back here. The TV, it's all like gray. It's only black and white. I don't, something's broken. They had no idea. Today, what? Today, I FaceTime with our son regularly who lives in the Middle East. We live in a world of unlimited talk and text. We shop online. Drones and smartphones are popular gifts for this year. We don't read books. Books are read to us nowadays. We don't we don't read maps. The GPS talks to us. Apple and Google and Swagway hands free smart boards are all terms and toys that we know way too much about. We don't talk anymore. We chat online. We tweet and post and blog and Snapchat or iMessage from our iPhone or our iPads. We have Instagram. We communicate through Facebook and email and even Xbox. We have an online identity. Think about it. From 1968 to 2015, I'll save you the math, I'm 47. 47. Everything, everything has changed. And yet strangely, nothing has changed. This year, 2015, we have seen civil unrest and racial tensions and marches and riots. We are still at war. Terrorism and ISIS seems closest than ever before. We hear weekly of mass Shootings and murders and bloodshed and violence. So, so many people are angry today. So many people are afraid today. Yet we have more stuff. We have more toys and education and comfort and luxury and monies than ever before. Our weapons have never been so sophisticated. And people have never been more afraid. Medical science has never been so advanced And people still worry. It's very, very obvious that sin is still everywhere. Sin is still our biggest problem. In our own community alone, just this year, we have buried teenagers that should not have died. I have visited hospitals and jails. And I have talked to kids in our schools who have faced pregnancies and abortions and STDs and drug addictions and alcoholism and suicidal thoughts and tendencies and eating disorders. As a church, we have counseled people who have suffered from abuse going through divorce. I, alongside of our elders and many people in this church, have wept and have prayed. And yet sin and the consequence of it is still everywhere. It's everywhere. But tonight we are reminded that a gift is given. For He will save His people from their sins. Now, I don't think it's a stretch to say that in my lifetime I've probably read that phrase at least, at least a thousand times, probably more. And yet this week I was struck with one word, one word in that phrase, a possessive pronoun, His. It says that Jesus will save His people, which clearly implies what? It implies the adverse. Those that are not His people will not be saved. So think about this for a moment. The Christmas story, the birth of the savior king, points directly to those who belong to Jesus and it also provokes it, it, it almost plagues those who do not belong to Jesus. And it forces us it forces us to ask who do I belong to? It forces us to ask the question, am am I one of His people? Am I safe? Am I saved? Now we know that we are all created in God's image. Every single one of us are of equal worth and equal value. We know that every single one of us are loved unconditionally. We are all invited. Every one of us are invited to be His child. But not everyone accepts His gift of grace by faith. And not everyone becomes what? His people. His people. There, there are many references throughout the pages of scripture that that speak about his people, and there's different terms. His children, his church, his body, his building. And I think my favorite, I think my favorite term for His people is the term his bride. His bride. Late, late this past spring, a young man came into my office and it was apparent that he was somewhat nervous. And he asked me for my daughter's hand in marriage. And I heard this. I remember this. Giving away your daughter is like putting a priceless Stradivarius violin into the arms of a gorilla. And this man comes to my office and is asking to have my daughter. My daughter, the one who my wife went through great pain to bring into this world. My daughter that kept us up at night screaming and crying because she was hungry. My daughter that 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 we bathed and we fed and clothed and we bathed and we fed and we, and we clothed and we bathed and we fed again and again and again. My daughter, the one that we picked up and cleaned off and put the Band-Aid on her elbow when she scraped it on the ground. My daughter, the one that I paid for braces for, with the little purple and neon green elastics. My daughter, the one that, that we waited up late at night for to come home from a friend's house. My daughter that we drove and dropped off to kindergarten and to summer camp and to college. You want my daughter? We talked. I asked questions and he answered my questions. We prayed. And and you know what? You know what? This past fall, on on top of a hill, I walked my daughter down a grassy aisle and I gave her away. Gave her away to a really cool, godly, gentle gorilla. <laughs> you, you know, you know what? When when my daughter was walking down that aisle, when Sarah was walking towards Ben, she, she didn't have a suitcase with her when she was walking towards the groom, the bride was walking, she, she didn't have a box filled with stuff with her. she didn't. She, she didn't she wasn't holding on to, to trophies that she had won or had medals around her neck. she didn't she wasn't holding any diplomas in her hands. No, she just walked towards him in a beautiful white dress in all of her beauty with nothing but her allergies <laughs> and 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 her scars that she got when she was playing lacrosse and when she ran to the coffee table and when mama accidentally hit her with the car door She she just walked towards him with nothing but college debt. And, and the entire time, he just stood there. Ben just stood there. And he was smiling the entire time. And he was waiting for her to come to him. And when... She got there. He promised to provide for her and to protect her and to love her unconditionally. That's exactly what he's doing. I didn't lose a daughter, I gained another son. Do you realize that that is exactly what you and I have to do in order to become one of his people? All we have to do is come to Him with nothing but your scars, with nothing but your debts, and what? He will save His people from their sins. It says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you realize that that you can be His people, that you can be His bride, Jesus, the Bridegroom, receiving us, providing salvation, forgiving us, and offering us life eternal? It says in Ephesians chapter two and verse thirteen, "You once were far off." But you were brought near by the blood of Christ. You, you once you were way out there, but through the blood of Christ, you're brought close. First Peter says what that at one time you were not my people. But now you are my people. Jesus providing, Jesus protecting us, promising us, I will never leave you i will never forsake you others will but jesus never will jesus there the bridegroom ready to receive you loving unconditionally accepting you exactly how you are says so again in ephesians chapter 2 but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. A young man from our church, recently out of jail, told me this. I was on a path to destruction until I met Jesus. Another man in our church shared his testimony just recently. He said this, and I quote, I can't imagine anyone being more broken than myself because of my selfishness and anger. And he said, I was redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. People, I am so glad that you are here tonight. I want to invite you to understand the, the magnitude, the importance... Man's greatest problem can only be solved, can only be solved by God's greatest gift. And that's what we're celebrating. I hope today you know that you can become one of His people. You can do that Christmas Eve 2015. And I invite you. To offer your life, scars and all, to the only one who can save you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much. You thrill and amaze us with your grace and your love. I pray for people at this very moment that are stirred not by a man, but by the work of the Holy Spirit and your word. or draw them to you. May we understand and may we celebrate this evening the greatest gift that is ever given, the Lord Jesus Christ. We love You. And we thank You for this time. In Jesus' name.